And so we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as you are the King of kings and the, our Lord, the God of the, cre the creator of all things, God Almighty. And Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, as we know that you are present here in this place, that you will speak to our hearts, Lord God, by your word. Encourage us, Lord God, by your truth, Lord, that it will change us, that it will rearrange us, Lord God, that it will allow us to never be the same, Lord God. Anytime that we hear your word, Lord, we want to take of your word and, and that it adds something to our lives that, that changes us, Lord yes, God. Yes. And so for every time that we hear your word, Lord God, it should take us to a place that we can never be the same. So right now, Lord God, we believe you as your word is true and that you have already confessed to us and that you've already professed that there's not in our heart anywhere that we can conceive, Lord God, that which you have in store for us as your dear children. As your word says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have it even entered into the heart of man, that which you have in store for those who love you, Lord God. So right now, break the bread of life with us, Lord God, as we continue on that journey, awaiting the day to see, Lord God, what we couldn't even imagine in your presence, Lord. So we give you all praise, honor, and glory, and all this in agreement with that. Say amen, amen, amen and amen. Glory be to God. If you will, open your Bibles up this morning to Philippians chapter 2. Man, God, I'm really excited today because there's a word from the Lord that I know he wants to encourage us with on today. Ain't that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Come on, somebody. Are y'all woke today, or, or what is it that's going on in this place? Amen. Well, maybe y'all just so dialed in. That's okay, too. Philippians chapter 2 is our test, uh, starting in verse 12 and 13. The title of the message this morning is, Are You Working Out Your Salvation? Are You Working Out Your Salvation? In the book of Philippians chapter 2, the writer Paul is writing to the Philippians, but he's also speaking to us. And really the focus on it is the B portion or the latter part of uh, verse 12 of Philippians chapter 2. I'll read the whole verse and then in verse 13 it says, uh, in chapter the uh, verse 13, 12 verse, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now more, much more in my absence. And here is where it is. It says work, work. Somebody say work. Work. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his, somebody say his. his. Not yours, but his good pleasure. Amen? Amen. And so the title of the message is, Are You Working Out Your Salvation? Your, your salvation. salvation. Are you working out your salvation? Amen. To work out your salvation means 
uh, according to the text here, is to know, is one thing that it means to know that God, that is God, who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is it, it, to know, to work out your salvation, then you got to know that it, is, it ain't your intentions. But it's a, an intent that God has in you working out your own salvation. Why? Because salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen. See, God is, 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 is loving you right now, my friend. God is loving you right now, my friend. Now, let me say that again. It's because salvation belongs to the Lord. See, most of us probably, in, in, uh, for most of our days, even as a believer, you know, thought that salvation was for you. Come on now. And it's okay. Because you ain't the only one. This is, uh, it ain't new news. Because it's, because it's always been the same. But when you learn something new, then glory be to God. Don't make it new. It's just new for you today. And it's been, it was new for me last night when he said that salvation belongs to me, my friend. I know he said, I know that you've been living all your life. And, and even in, in, in this whole time in ministry, and you think that salvation is, it belongs to you. Because it benefits you. Yes, salvation is a benefit to you, but it don't belong to you, my friend. If you look at, uh, turn with me and hold your finger there, but Psalms chapter 3. See, somebody needs to see this in the Word of God. In Psalms chapter 3, we are talking about the fact that salvation belongs to the Lord. In Psalms chapter 3, verse 8, Psalms chapter 3, verse 8, and I don't know if you ever knew that this was in the word, but salvation belongs to the Lord, my friend. It benefits you, but it belongs to the Lord. In Psalms chapter 3, verse 8, everybody there, it says salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. See, salvation to us is a blessing. It's a benefit. But it belongs to the Lord. <laughs> Salvation is, why does it belong to the Lord or what does this really mean? Let, let's let him speak to our hearts just a little bit. And please don't know, uh, right now in the name of Jesus, yes, I cast that down because I don't want, God don't want no spirit because you heard something that you ain't never heard before and you witnessed it in the word, but because you ain't heard it. Then, uh, then you'll, you don't want no spirits to, 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 to come against what God is speaking, my friend, because you didn't know this. Or because you ain't heard it like this. But we're talking about the truth of God's word. And the truth of God's word says the sal that salvation belongs to him. It was his from the beginning. And then you got to understand what, what's really going on in there because the salvation of God is an inheritance. Salvation is God's inheritance. Yeah. Do you understand what an inheritance is? Yeah. So we're going to talk about this and we're going to make it very plain because somebody's still confused a little bit. Yo, an inheritance is something that you are looking forward to receiving. That you've been looking forward to receiving. Right? And the Bible refers to 
salvation as God's inheritance, that we, his people, are his inheritance. This, this, uh, this salvation, you, God's people, is something that he's looking forward to redeeming. It's, it's something that he's looking forward to receiving. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. You know, I know we, under, we thought that uh, salvation was our inheritance. But trust me, and the Spirit of the Lord has already said in His Word that if He did not draw you, you wouldn't have nothing to do with Him. Amen. So it couldn't be your inheritance because you didn't want it in the first place. It took God to draw each and every one of us to even have a desire to follow Him. Glory be to God. So you can't, uh, don't get this twisted, even though we thought it was our inheritance. You, uh, no, this is God's inheritance. Salvation is God's inheritance. Salvation is something, is that treasure that God is, 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 is waiting and anticipating to receive. See, the inheritance is something that you have to wait for. That's the chance. We was going to let him flee through our hearts today. Because see, what this really all boils down to and, 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 what, and why God really wants to open the door of our hearts and our understanding today is because he needs us to be working out our own salvation. And see, you can't work out your salvation until you know what salvation is and who it belongs to. Come on, somebody. In that same Psalms, as salvation is God's inheritance, go to chapter 28 of Psalms. Psalms 28. We are his people. And we are God's inheritance. God is not our inheritance, my friend. And yes, it takes us to, you, you have to think about this. You have to ponder this. You have to meditate on this. Because otherwise we'll just go along without no thought to it and, and, and it leaves us at a place where, yeah, well, man, when I think about it, though I never said that God, that God is my inheritance, but that's what, I, that's what was in my heart. No, God is not your inheritance. You are God's inheritance. Wow. Don't take my word for it. Psalms chapter 28, verse 9, it says this. The Lord is their strength. And he, they're talking about God, is the saving refuge of his anointed. That's you and me, my friend. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Save your people. That's what salvation does. And do what? And bless your inheritance. That's me and you. We are God's inheritance. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Deuteronomy chapter 9. This is Moses when he prayed for the people. In verse 26. 
Are you there? Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Please go with me. Verse 26, and it says, Therefore, I pray to the Lord and say, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your inheritance whom you have redeemed through your greatness, their salvation, whom you have brought out of Egypt with your mighty hands. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We are his inheritance. Skip down to verse 29. And it says, yet they are your, yet they are your people and your what? Inheritance. Whom you brought out by the mighty power and by our, I mean, excuse me, and by your outstretched arms. You are God's inheritance. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So the question that I have for each and every one of us today is are you working for your salvation or are you working out your salvation? I'm going to say that again. The question then lies within us and before us today is are you working for your salvation? Or are you doing what the word of God says as he has commanded us to work out our salvation? Mm. This is a big, a serious thing, my friends. Mm. Because without us really understanding that first and foremost that salvation belongs to the Lord. And without us really understanding that we are God's inheritance. An inheritance is something that is yours to, to have. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's been left for you. And through salvation, God's people is his inheritance. And through salvation, that means that's what Jesus done. That's what God sent his son to do, is to give him his inheritance. Come on, somebody. Glory be to God. That is you and me, my friends. And therefore, the word of God says, he didn't say, I need you now to go and do what my son has already done. I need to, to so I, he don't need us to work for our salvation. But he needs us to work out our own salvation. So what's the difference, Pastor John? Well, there's a huge difference even out the gate, my friend. Because for if we don't know the difference, then we'll find ourselves, it will be real easy to find ourselves working for our salvation. And I would even wonder to guess it, Yo, because I can say it, until God really opened my eyes to this just recently, then I, I have to question my own self, am I working for my salvation? Or am I working out my salvation? So if it's, uh, if it's good for the goose, then I'm sure it's good for the gander, is what my mom and them used to say. Okay? Glory be to God. And I'm telling you here today, and God is putting before us, because he wants us to take a deep look in our heart. And he wants us to consider, my friend, are we, what are we really working for? Are we working for our salvation or are we working out the salvation? Glory be to God. And to work for your salvation, many, much of the church, if we would take a look, we might find ourselves working for our salvation. Because we might find ourselves at this place uh, in our hearts and in our minds that we, that which we do for the Lord, that we're doing it, we know that God has uh, redeemed us. 
Glory be to God. We know that he's done that through the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. His son, Jesus Christ. And we know even that, that we have an expectation of a home in the presence of the Almighty God. But what God is talking to us about now is what is your motivation between the redemption or the salvation, the day that he redeemed you until the day that he brings you into his presence. What is your motivation each day? How are you living each day? Are you living from one day to the next to prove to God that you are worthy of his presence? That would be working for your salvation. Are we working or are you living each and every day trying to accomplish that which pleases God to, 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 so you can feel like you deserve what he has in store for you? That would be working for your salvation, my friend. And see, and really to begin even the process to understand the difference of uh, working out your salvation as opposed to working for your salvation, it's a couple things that we have to consider. And the first one would be that we would have to truly understand what justification is. To understand on how to work out your salvation, you have to know what justification is. And the second one would be you would have to know what sanctification is. Let us look at number one. To know what it really means to work out your salvation. We must understand that justification is what God did in Jesus Christ. And we got to understand even what justification means. To be justified. There's a song that, I, that, that comes on the radio station that I keep in my car, 107.9, where they... Yo, the Calvary Chapel guys preaching and different people and they have music. But there's uh, one of them, I don't know if it's Greg Laurie or whatever, but one of the ministries they have, their theme song is Justified. And it says Justified. Justified. I've been justified. Yo, and it talks about the fact that I've, uh, that every one of my sins has been, has been washed away. That justification, what that means is that it happened once and for all. Glory be to God. It was done by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Meaning that he did, he satisfied God once. And we know that. But I ain't talking, so what we got to know, well, what are you, yeah, you saying something that I don't know? No, I ain't saying nothing that you don't know. But let's look at the word justified. Do we know what justified means? We, we know that we didn't heard that what Jesus did. But what I'm talking about, justified. Can you sing the song that I've been justified? And that's the, that just, just to know what justified means that I'm talking about you know in real time that you are, that, that every transgression is gone. Somebody say that with me. Every transgression is gone. Not uh, every transgression will be gone. No, justified means that today and the day that you hear his voice and the day that you, you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, that every transgression was gone. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That changes some things. Yes. Every transgression, not just the ones that you did before. Come on. Not the one that you was doing at that time. But every transgression is gone. Even the ones that God knew that you were going to do. Can you Come on, if we can if we can get a hold of what justification is, then we can begin our process to work out our own salvation and stop working for our salvation. 
See, because when we don't know that every transgression is gone, then when we fall and have to get back up, then we try to prove something to God. Trying to prove that we are worthy. This is and so our motivation. So this really begins to speak to the motivation of one's heart. Why are you pursuing to live holy? Are you pursuing to live holy because you you need to prove to God that you're worthy? Or are you, your pursuit, I'm talking about from the bottom of your heart, I ain't talking about the words that we may say to one another. Because we understand what the text says. But I'm talking about the death of your heart. I'm talking about our hearts not deceiving us. See, because we can tell that if there's any deception in our heart, not, I ain't saying deception in you. I'm talking about deception in your heart. See, because the deception in your heart, it, tr it tricks you. That's why the Bible says that our hearts are so deceitfully wicked that no one can know his heart. It says it's deceitfully wicked. So that means it deceives you. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about my heart. It can deceive me. So I ain't talking about you. Because see, you, you already know. Oh, wait a minute. What is you talking about? Yeah, see, see, the heart can deceive you. As a matter of fact, here's the, the check and balance to that because see, this, this the word of God refers to us that we'll, we'll say what's in our heart. And each and every one of us can bear witness with this. We, we will say what our heart uh, has in it. Okay, y'all want me to go there? See, I ain't, okay, I, I can go there with you. Because we'll say that what our heart has in us. And then when God shows us, us our heart will deny it. Listen now. Ouch. Come on, somebody. I'm trying not to go there. But I can give you an example that will touch you right on, on your shoulder right now and say, hey, my friend, remember me. See, our hearts, we'll tell our hearts what's in it. And we'll tell God what's in our hearts. See, we'll make confessions that God was in our heart. But God says, but what's in the heart of a man, what is it going to do? It's going to come out. See, and when that thing comes out, then we'll say, oh, that's not my heart. <laughs> Lord, you know my heart. That ain't it. I did that, but you know that ain't it. But he said, I know what's in your heart. I know what's your heart. You just showed it to me because it came out. But we don't believe what we want to tell God more than what God is telling us. Oh, my friend. So when we do that thing that we feel bad about, and we say, oh, Lord, you know, you know what's in my heart. We, we say that to one another. Well, God knows my heart. Have you ever said that to somebody? And when, under what circumstances would you ever have to say to your brother or your sister, well, God knows my heart. It's when you didn't messed up and you didn't did something. Because when we ain't messed up and did something, you ain't go around confessing and saying, well, God, well, God knows my heart. <laughs> it's only under what circumstances. Is that true? And that's when our hearts have shown itself. And in, 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 in that instant, God is trying to show us our hearts so that, that we can deny it, but that we can come clean with him for what's in our hearts. That's it. That's it. 
God was speaking to us on yesterday and has been even since Thursday. That there's something huge uh, that, that he's calling the church to right now. And that is true. Uh, and he's always called it. But I'm talking about this is going to have to take precedence. And that's us seeking him. Yeah. With an open heart. Just seeking him. Uh, you know, just naked before him. And allowing him to deal with us. And, 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 and tell us. And we must receive from him in an effort that we don't deceive ourselves. God is saying it ain't no more time for deception. So justification is a key point here, my friend, to know that all my transgressions are gone. Do you know that all your transgressions are gone? I'm talking about for real. Do you know that all your transgressions are gone? Not some of them. Because I'm telling you, my friend, if we really knew that all our transgressions are gone, I'm talking about all of them, we would, uh, we, we would jump and, and praise God to the, to the highest. To the fullest. We will be looking to seek and praise God. I mean, just the thought of all my trans—if if it came across my mind, and it should every single day—that I would be jumping for joy in that moment. We will praise God in the fullest, right there on the spot. I'm talking about if you really imagine in your heart that all my transgressions are gone in Christ Jesus, all of them. Here's the thing: He did it. In Christ, Acts chapter 13 tells us that. Romans chapter 5 tells us that. Romans chapter 3 bears witness with that. Let's go to Acts chapter 13 really quick. We're going to move through this. Acts chapter 13 in verse 39. And this is Peter when he was preaching the gospel to the multitude. And a part of what he said in verse 39, he says, and by him, that is Jesus Christ himself, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Somebody say all things. By him we are, we've been justified, meaning that all of our transgressions are gone. For uh, all things by Christ Jesus that the law could not do. Romans, cha uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, quickly. Confirms it. V Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. See, it's through Jesus Christ that we've been justified. And it's through Jesus Christ that we have this peace. It's through Jesus Christ that all our transgressions are gone. If we don't get nothing else, my friend, you need to get today. It is life-changing. Uh, something that's rooted so deep in you that all your transgressions is gone. See, because when we know that God has done this 
that all of our transgressions is gone, then there's no way that we can continue or even move forward trying to work for our salvation. Then and only then can we begin to work out our salvation because we'll know what this is truly all about. And that's what God is trying to instill into each and every one of us. I'm talking about this is a deep message, my friend, because this is going to reach deep in your heart. This ain't no surface stuff because if you stay on the surface, then you're going to miss the boat. You ain't going to understand it. Your intellect is going to get in the way. God is saying, do you need, I need you to understand that all, I did it all at one time. When you received me by faith, that all your transgressions, I wiped them away. And if you know that he's done that, then you have got to know that he's done it for a reason. Yes, he loves you. But it's got to be more than that. It's, it's something that in it for him. And you're right. It is in his inheritance that he's counting on as well. Yes. He did it for you, but he did it for himself, my friend. And this is the part that we've been missing all of our days. That even the salvation, that the motivation of Jesus Christ coming and paying the price, he did it for the Father first. And yes, it's a benefit to you and me. That's what salvation is. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And yes, it's a benefit to you and me. And if we understand the benefit, being the benefactors, that's what's going to change your life because now you know that a benefactor is one that didn't buy it. A benefactor is one that didn't work for it. A benefactor is one that didn't earn it. A benefactor is one that has been given to my friend. And when we truly understand that what we've been given, it's no way that we can continue to play tiddlywinks with our life right here, right now, and live the same. See, when you don't know what you've been given, then, and you think that you are uh, a part of it, you've earned, you deserve, then yeah, you're going to treat it the way you treat it. But when this gets rooted and grounded in one's heart, and you know that you've been given that which is way beyond your expectations, way beyond what you deserve, that you've been given more then there comes an appreciation for the giver. When you realize that you are benefit of something that you never should have. Never. Somebody say never. Because for each and every one of us born into this world, we were born into a, a, a sin and we were shaped in iniquity. And from that place, we should never be a benefactor. And the sad part about it is we was born to that place without a hope. You could change it. But glory be to God. Therefore, as we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. It says this. Being justified, this is Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There you go again. Amen. Confirmation, reiteration, that we have been justified. And it says the, 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 the verse before, because why? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God that being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption of Christ, this is in Christ Jesus. So once and for all, I mean, excuse me, for we have been redeemed, the justification comes through Jesus Christ. 
And that comes by way of once and for all, number two. Romans chapter 6, verse 10. You in Romans right now? 610 says that the death that he died, he died to sin. Somebody hear me. Once for all. Therefore, that the life that he lives, he lives unto God. Justification. My, all my transgressions are gone. It was done once for all. See, just if all of my transgressions are gone. Jesus, God done it in Christ. He, and in that, he done it once for all. So you can't make none of your transgressions go away, my friend. You can't work hard enough to, for your, any of your transgressions to, 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 to pay Jesus back, in essence. Because you know it's already paid the full sum, but you can't even work hard enough to pay him back. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. Hebrews 9, verse 28 says this. So Christ was offered up once to bear the sins of men, that those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Come on. For salvation, my friend. He will appear a second time for salvation. It's once your justification. All your transgressions are gone. It was once. All in Christ Jesus. He did it once. And thirdly, justification gives us liberty. It gives us liberty, just like it was said there, that once he did this, he died once for sin. That the life that he lives, that he lives unto God. See, it gives us liberty. God removed every transgression so you could live for him. Not for you to work for your salvation, to prove that you was worthy for him. No, but he wiped it all away that we can live for him, Tom. That we can live for him right here, right now. That we can become the vessel that is fit for the master's use. See, he had a plan. He knew that your time here was not for yourself. And if you don't believe that, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. He says that those of us that have died with, well, that have been rose with Christ Jesus, that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us. Your life in this time is to live for the Lord. And when I say live for the Lord, I ain't talking about, see, and this is where, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We got to address this. If we don't go no further and put the sermon off right here, right now, this has to be addressed. Because he living for the Lord, and this is what it's talking about. Too much of the body of Christ in the Christian church, we think living for the Lord is our living sacrifice. We think it, it, uh, what it is is that uh, the, when you think of sacrifice, what do you think of? You think of what you're giving up. See, we think living for the Lord is us stop doing this and us stop doing that and us stop doing this and stop doing that. I'm, I got news for you, my friend. That's not living for the Lord. That's dying to the law, which you ain't even under in. 
in, anymore. That's what that is. Come on, we can give God some praise like this. And he's calling us to stop dying to the law and begin to live for him. See, because to live for him means to be led by the spirit of the living God. That you can be a vessel right here and right now to do the work of the Lord. To do the work of the Lord. See, and that's where Philippians was talking about that, see, that God has, he, he was working in you. He did this. He, 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 he did this. He did this. He says, working out your salvation is that I might be working in you to do what is of my will and my good pleasure, God said. See, this is a life that is poured out for him. So to live for the Lord ain't for us to stop doing this and stop doing that. And yes, we ought to been stop doing this and stop doing that. Don't get me twisted. But to live for the Lord don't just end right there. When you just stop doing some things, you just stop doing what the law says. Now you got to start living for him. And living for him is going to take you to seek him. It's going to take you to hear his voice. It's going to take you to be led by the spirit of the living God. My friend. Because that's when God will be working. His, good, his will and his good pleasure. His good pleasure. Can you imagine God's good pleasure at work in you? God's good pleasure at work in you. This is good news, my friend. This is good news. This is what I'm excited about is because God is letting us know today, my friend, that we can quit. Uh, we can dig real deep down inside of our hearts and dig out whatever that is and throw it to the side and toss it away. That I don't, I'm not under the bondage of having to work for my salvation. But that he has justified me, my friend. And that now, and now I can work on or I can work out my salvation, glory be to God. And working out my salvation, then I can let him use me. I can just let him use me. I can let him use me. I can die. Now we know we're dying to ourselves, me. This ain't just uh, denying ourselves, but this is dying to ourselves. And see, when you die to yourself, in order for you to live, then he has to raise you up. It's the spirit of the living God that raises the dead. Ain't no man died and raised himself up. It's the only resurrection came by the, uh, the spirit of the living God. It was God himself that raised the dead. Hallelujah. This is good news, my friends. This is awful good news. Because it puts us in the place of really understanding that justification gives us liberty and freedom. The Bible says in John chapter 8, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Yes. See, he's given us, it's Jesus who has set us free. Because it's Jesus who justified us. It's Jesus that God used to, oh, what was that word that he said that what justification does? That it wipes all what? Our transgressions away. Man, do you see how big the understanding, not just the word justification, us hearing it, but to really understand that all of my transgressions are gone. That all of them. This is huge. To know that God has loved me so much and he's finished the work in Christ Jesus. That Christ was the appropriation that finished the work that satisfied God that all of my transgressions are gone. transgression. Transgression is that which God is offended by. A transgression ain't just what you've done wrong because uh, if that was the case then you wouldn't do no more wrong. That's it. Oh, we're going to dig deep right here. 
So we need to understand what all of our transgression, what justification truly is. That it wipes away all of our transgressions. It didn't wipe away all of the fact that I, that I will see it tomorrow. But what it did do, it did more than that. It wiped away the fact that when I see it tomorrow, that God has already wiped it away. That it won't even be presented to him, me being his son, you being his child. That's how big this is. And it's good that we understand this because, see, what happens is, is the trick of the enemy that we don't, when, when we see it tomorrow, we don't remember that all of our transgressions, that that sin can't reach God because of I'm in Christ Jesus. So we sit there and waddle and, 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 and play Timmy with and get bound by the sin that has already been. That's the trick. That's the trick. That's the trick. That can't even reach God. But it tricks us. It binds us. This is why he says that justification, it, what it does also is it puts you at liberty and it gives you a freedom. And this freedom ain't to, to sin endlessly. When you notice this is a freedom to again, then begin to live for God. See, when you know that your sin can't even reach God because of the transgression is gone, because you're a child of God and no, we can't even comprehend that because, again, why? Because I didn't do it. Because you didn't do it. That's what our problem is. It's hard to understand this because you didn't do it. If you wiped your transgressions and didn't let your sins go to God, then you, you, could, you could comprehend it. But because Jesus did it. Because, well, let me just say it like this. Because you didn't do it. See, this is a dilemma, my friend. And the God is saying it only takes education. And education I'm talking about meaning that he imparts this to you and that, we, uh, and that you chew on this. That you allow him to feed you this bread of life that will give you strength for the rest of your days. And that you will bear that. Let it work in you. And this uh, is nothing but the truth. See, the, uh, also in John chapter 8 when Jesus said, whom the Son says free is free indeed, he also said something right before that. It says the truth. He didn't know the truth. It's the truth that's going to make. Somebody say make. It will make you free. Make you free. See, when you know the truth, you can't even do it. It makes you free. You can't even stay there if you wanted to. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We couldn't stay there if we wanted to. And so you can see by knowing this truth that when you fall down, see that sin, if you don't know the truth of what justification is, you see how the sin that, is, uh, that, that, that has been justified already, how it binds us, how it holds us down, how it makes it hard for us to get back up and serve the Lord. Because we trapped by sin. The sin that, that is, uh, was wiped away in our transgression. But because we didn't know the truth, then it, it was able to trap us. So you can see now when Jesus said, he that knows the truth, the truth will make you free. So even if you thought to stay there, you can't, my friend. Can't happen. That's how much God loves us. He made it impossible when we operate in his ground. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, stand fast in the liberties by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, this takes, that's Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. 
it put it put it it, it, it it puts a seal in the cap on what God is telling us, my friend. That we can stand fast now. Now that all your transgressions is gone, he said, now you can stand fast, my friend. You can stand fast. And that was what Jesus has delivered us to this place. See, glory be to God. By which Christ has made us do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And it's because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. It's because the law of the uh, the spirit of life in Christ. This is Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Has made us, somebody say made us, made us. free from the law of sin and death my friend. You have been free. Yes. In all your transgressions. So now we can begin to work out our own soul salvation. We can discontinue to work for it. And I'm serious, man, my friend. I'm gonna tell you something. Just even in hearing this, we you gonna have to fight with yourself to walk in this transformation of, of mind, thought. Because because we've been doing, we've been our, our thought process has been a certain way for umpteen years, and for some of us, it's umpteen, umpteen years. I'm talking about the, I ain't talking about how old you. Are, I'm talking about how you've been thinking. I can't talk about how no, old nobody is because I got the most gray hair in here. But I'm talking about the way we've been thinking for umpteen years we've been thinking a certain way. And now that God is uh, imparting this, this truth that is making us free, you won't have to fight with your old man, the self, to, to walk in the freedom. Because your old man immediately when you fall down tomorrow or today later, He's going to be enticing you to say right there, see, you can't get that. See, you don't deserve that. See, he ain't talking to you or about you. He's talking about the holier than thou people. They already made it. It's a lie and a trick of the enemy. And you're going to have to fight to let your mind be renewed this way. To know that all my transgressions is gone. That I have the right, not because I deserve the right, because I earned the right, but because of Jesus Christ, the one. And see, that, and man, I'm going to tell you, boy, when you know that you have the right because of Jesus, it only makes you fall in love. Falling in love with Jesus is what it does. Falling in love with Jesus. It'll make you fall in love with him because you know that he even done something for you that you could not do for yourself. That you could not do for yourself. This is a serious thing, my friend. It's a matter that God is trying, that he has to. He said, I have to get this to my church. Because with this understanding, then my church is going to begin to live for me and it ain't going to be in no halting way. Because they think they did something or achieved something that they deserve something. No, they is going to be in the most humble way because they don't know that I've done it all. And it's going to bring them to a place that their heart is so poured out to me that they are willing for me to do and to will and to do of my good pleasure to work that in them. Yeah. 
is because they know that salvation is a benefit to them, but it belongs to me. It's mine, God says, and I'm coming to get it. Hallelujah. And that means he's coming to get me and you. It's his, his inheritance, and you ain't going to keep him out of his, Satan. He's not going to lose his inheritance. And his inheritance is you and me. And it's good news to know that we are God's inheritance and not that he's our inheritance. Because if he was ours, we'd have been lost him a long time ago. But glory be to God that we are his. And he is, he is not going to lose. He is, he is not going to lose. I remember Jesus, when he, he said to the Father, he says, all that the Father has given me. Hallelujah. I have none. Have I lost None have I lost. None have I lost except for the son of perdition. But God, you had already ordained. Now I couldn't keep him if I wanted to. That the uh, word of the Lord would be true. God has given us some good news today, my friend. Hallelujah. We can dance on out of here today. And for the rest of our days, because all of your transgressions is gone, my friend. And so now, and you have the liberty, and you have the right, and not the right because you earn the right again. I can't say it enough. But this right you have because it's been given you. You've been given the right. And when you've been given the right, then you ought to do it. Even in the natural, when we were given the right to vote, then we encourage one another. You better go and vote. You got the right. This is bigger than that, my friends. You've been given the right to live for him. To live for him. To work out your own salvation. Glory be to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. You are awesome and mighty God. 